This is Andrew Brewer. I am the host of the Healthcare Insights in Northwest North Carolina podcast brought to you by Northwest Area Health Education Center at Wake Forest School of Medicine. And today my guest is Shawan Gabriel. He is the president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Services, Inc., which serves Davie and Forsyth County. And Shawan has been the leader of Big Brothers and Big Sisters since about 2012, I think. And, and we're going to talk all about Big Brothers, Big Sisters. But first, I want you to introduce yourself. I did a little introduction, but if you could kind of fill in the gaps there and, and, and let us know how you got involved in Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. I, um, again, I am Shawan Gabriel, President and CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I have I actually started with Big Brothers, Big Sisters back in 2001 over in the Guilford County uh, Agency. I um, <laughs> It's funny, I was, I was planning to go to law school and wanted to hang around for about a year to, to figure out life is what I was thinking, right? And so <laughs> I um, was able to land a position with the agency there in Greensboro, uh, High Point, with a one-year contract. Uh, role working with children through Big Brothers Big Sisters and uh, it was perfect and honestly I fell in love that year and never even thought about law school again and here I am you know 20 years later uh, <laughs> leading an agency in Forsyth and Davie Counties. Well that seems to be a, a, a common th- trend I think um, you know we we met for a celebration of of Nicole's scholarship. We can talk about that a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she was involved with you know as a little, I guess, and then also a big for many years. So it seems to be a thread that once you get involved, um, you, you never stop, um, which is speaks volumes for for what you're doing. But um, let's back up and and give a uh, overview because I I didn't really understand what all was involved with being a. a uh, a big brother, big sister, and and the commitments and and the qualifications and and kind of what you're looking for 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 people who who want to uh, give their time. Well, you know, I tell folks, you know, we we match um, individuals in our program from 18 to 80. I mean, we there is no age criteria other than we, we ask for a minimum um, for our community-based programs anyway, minimum age of 18. And we have retirees, seniors in our community. Uh, I think the oldest person matched in our program currently is 79. Um, they've been matched for a while. But um, the criteria is simply you want, you have a positive experience that you want to instill in the life of a young person in our community who otherwise would not be exposed to um, aspects of life that you have the ability to expose them to. Um, children that we serve generally come from single parent homes, um, single mothers mostly, um, some single fathers, but single mothers are, are looking for an adult male and female because you know we, we see single mothers with, um, with daughters who also are looking for big sisters for their children because they just want the children to be exposed to something outside of them, outside of what they see in their everyday communities and, and uh, the ability to, to see beyond uh, their current circumstances. Uh, a sense of future is I can't even I can't even quantify what that means for an individual in, in any walk of life. 
but being able to see yourself beyond your own imagination is 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 a huge impact to life and so what we're looking for are individuals who are look, who are able and willing to spend time um with the young person and you know um, uh, we always say spend time which is an interesting phrase because time and attention are the most valuable things we have as as people and we um just elaborate a little bit on on how one spends time with with their little well i think you know it, it so i've been around 20 years right so early on we would say you know every you know thinking about what you do in your daily walk of life and i'll share a personal example of of how you know what spending time means when i was first matched with my little brother i it was around the time i bought my first home and i wanted to go to home depot right and so i went to home depot because I had a house now. I have a home and, you know, I have a wife. And so I needed a lawnmower. I needed tools. I needed stuff is what I figured. Right. So I'm going to go and, and grab Trey and take him with me. And, you know, my wife was like, hey, don't want to go to Home Depot. Long story uh, short, we spent time in Home Depot that day. Probably. I, I mean, it was probably four or five hours in Home Depot. And you fast forward probably a year or so later, a year or two later. Um, we had gone to Panthers games. We had, you know, hung out at my house. I'd gone to his games, uh, football games, basketball games. We had gone to Carolina Tar Heel games. Sports was our thing, right? And so we spent a lot of times doing sports. Um, not not a whole lot of work focused on school because, I mean, fortunately at the time he was he was a really good student. But you know, any any encouragement outside of of that. We would spend time with sports. That's just what we did. And I'll be honest, Andy, you know, it, it was I spent a lot of money on doing that stuff at the time. But we were interviewed for a local newspaper over in High Point. And the reporter asked him, well, what's the best thing? Like, what's the coolest thing y'all have ever done? Like, what's the thing that that means the most to you? And Trey, without hesitation, he was like, man, I remember the time we were at Home Depot for like four hours. <laughs> I was stunned. And I'm thinking like, dude, I've taken you, <laughs> you know, all over this state, you know, to sporting events that we've attended and had great times. But the thing that didn't cost me a dime, just what I was doing in my everyday life is what meant the most to him, what he remembered the most. And it was, you know, that was that that set the tone for me because that's been 15. No, that's been shoot, that's been almost 20 years ago. It was around the time I started. But it's been it set the tone on when I tell folks how and, and what time means and what time looks like. It's truly what you do every day. You'd be amazed at the exposure, the limited exposure that some of our children receive. You know, it's when you think about. You know, children in, in East Winston, for example, you know, there's limited access to fresh food. Right. You know, some would consider some areas in that community a food desert. So going to the, the market, going to a grocery store with fresh fruit and vegetables and just talking through what that means and the health benefits of, um, you know, fresh, fresh produce is something they rarely see because in their communities, that's not necessarily what they're exposed to. And we take that for granted. 
Um, that's that's so when when you say what time means and what time looks like, that can be from you know an hour to a week to you know eight to ten hours a month. Um, doing what you do in your everyday life, and that you you know once you get to know a child, especially things that you want to expose them to, things that they of, of their interest that they may not have an opportunity to go and um, experience. Well, I mean, that's so interesting, the the Home Depot story, because um, we do take things like that for granted. And I'm thinking about what's involved in that um, experience, you know, just reflecting on the many times I've been to those stores, you know, when I'm doing home improvement projects and things like that. And it's just, you know, it, it does invoke a lot of different uh, interactions with people and it's a uh, fact finding and kind of uh treasure scavenger hunt as well so it, it does have a lot of dynamics to it that would be um i think profound for someone who hadn't experienced that um, it, it, it it truly does andy i mean when when i when you think about and, and you're a father right you know oh, yeah. so you know, as a as a father myself, when I reflect on, you know, things that I've been able to do with my own, I have two daughters, things that I've been able to do with them. It's those things that don't cost anything and just experiences that you don't necessarily realize like, wait, this is something I do all the time, but they never even thought about it. And yeah. so learning, you know, we're, we, we are creatures of, of, that that want to learn and we thirst for that and kids they 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 want that and so giving them experiences in that way um everyday experiences are are life changing well i think too that you without realizing it are probably more genuine and authentic in those moments because i mean going to a panthers game or something like that i mean that's that's pretty rare for me, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it would be like exciting in that way. And it, I wouldn't be like my normal self. I would be in an excited state and, you know, appreciating the novelty of it as well. So, I, I mean, I, I just, you know, it, it is profound just to think about how how those normal moments to us can can be so impactful. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Now, uh, how do uh, people, how do you find littles? Let's, let, let me ask you that. So that's that's rarely a problem, right? <laughs> so, like, so um, but littles come to us mainly through schools, our partner schools. You know, we have a really, really great relationship with Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools and uh, Trish McManus and her team um, really do a great job of, providing resources for students in our school um, schools and you know they're they're mainly referrals from teachers and counselors uh, who who want their child in you know a child in their classroom um, you know with wraparound services what we would call them uh, to have a mentor from big brothers big sisters that's mm-hmm. that's the main source the second source are people who are in our program, who have a family member or a friend in the community or someone else who hears about big brothers, big sisters, they want a big brother, or big sister. Um, we've been in this community for 40 years now. Uh, we started uh, a little over 40, actually um, 44 years now. Um, and when we think about 
when we started, they're now pe- folks who were littles in our program who are parents who have referred their children. Um, and I don't know if this is a segue, but you mentioned Nicole McLaurin. Nicole was a little in our program and actually came back to work in our program and and, and had a child uh, who had a big brother in our program. So um, referrals come, children come to us in many different ways. So no shortage of of, of the demand and the need there, no. I, guess, I guess. No, no oh. shortage at all. I think, we, you know, for us, we generally pre-COVID served around 700 children a year. Wow. Um, and I think, you know, no matter where that number, you know, at one point we were doing some specialty programming back in, let's say, five or six years ago. And that number teetered around eight to nine hundred. But no matter how high that number goes, we're always generally around 100 to 125 or so children on our waiting list who are waiting to be, you know, matching our program. Wow. Well, that's, that's amazing. Um, so that kind of begs the question, what, you know, the need is there, what, you know, what statistics and things that you guys pay attention to, um, you know, with regard to, uh, socioeconomic forces and environmental forces, um, that create such a need. I mean, I'm thinking of single parent households and, and all the, you know, known issues and, and challenges that that creates. I mean, do you, do you have like a dashboard or, or statistics that you guys follow that, that, that are relevant to, to what you do, or is it just pure, like you're just dealing with your numbers? <laughs> of, that, well, I will say, you know, our probably main driver are single parent households. Um, that's where, you know, that's a huge indicator of a need for mentoring services um, we also have um, parents, you know, who, grandparents who are raising, you know, grandchildren is, is another uh, factor that that drives the need for us. We had a program a few years ago where, we, you know, we really wanted to focus in on mentoring children of prisoners, folks who had absent parent due to incarceration. Um, you know, we there is when we think about impact you know high school graduation is is where we really want our efforts focused um and around education because we know that mentoring um truly impacts education um a few years ago we you know we did a cohort of there were you know 90 30% 39% of students in the Forsyth County school Winston Salem Forsyth County schools who repeated the ninth grade graduated with their class, 39%. We did a cohort and matched children at a few high, at, well, several high schools. And in that cohort, those children, those same 39%, you know, that same 39% um, cohort that repeated ninth grade, those who were matched with a big brother or big sister and remain matched throughout the next four years, 98% of those children graduated. Wow, yeah. So when you I think mean, about that... That, that does speak to the... Oh. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I I was just going to say that. It, I mean, it's astounding, and it just goes to show how important that, that role is, even though, if you know, an hour a week or 
whatever has has on a child um, to get them. And and you know that that kind of you know makes me want to bring up healthcare. I mean, this is you know AHEC is 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 involved with healthcare education and um, all that. And so you know I'm always trying to figure out how to weave this in and 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 just healthy children and you know it's so important uh you know the education piece and finishing high school that's one of the indicators of economic mobility is is getting your grad you know graduating high school and going on to whatever's next after that and and um you know, that that interrogates um healthier communities when you have a population of people who who are educated and productive in in society so um you know it just speaks to the importance of of the mentorship that that you you know big bigs provide and and um, um, raising that uh, likelihood of success um, for them. Now, when we had lunch a couple of weeks ago, you had shared a story, a success story of of a musician. Um, do you care to share that with us? Oh yeah. So there was um, a, a former little in our program. I say former because at the age of eighteen. Uh, we close matches, so we don't support matches past 18. But we know that for the vast majority of our matches, this is a lifetime <laughs> um, relationship. But the little brother was came from a single mother. Mom was, um, I think, dad dad passed away. Mom, you know, had a full time job. They they were. For all intents and purposes, a middle class family. Uh, she and the uh, the son, and she just wanted the son exposed to something other than what she was able to provide. And he was ma- They were he was matched with a little a I mean, big brother who was actually a board member of ours at the time. And you know that relationship, he had no real. Um, sense of what he wanted to do he was probably around eight or nine years old i think and um the little the big brother would just ex- take him to again sporting events was one of the main things but also um musical plays and um opera and just different different things around town right he was he was well connected around town but to make this story you know move a little faster he, the little brother, picked up on playing uh, a music he had never done before. He ended up earning a full scholarship to the University of Indiana and playing Carnegie Hall and now has a life of um, filled with, with music and being exposed by that, by his big brother, led to a life-changing, you know, career for him is what it meant. And He's now he actually just moved back here to uh, Winston-Salem and we're working to to try to connect him um, with, you know, further with the agency so that he can, you know, share his story on his own. That's why I'm withholding names right now, because I don't necessarily have his permission. Um, But um, for for him to share his story with not only the community, but with our bigs and our parents and our littles, um, because it it was it's such a life changing piece i mean he had no background in music at all so uh where do i want to go from here now you were going to uh go to law school what what was uh what was your intention there 
Well, I wanted to to work in the in criminal law. I wanted to work to defend. You know, I come from uh, an area in Charlotte, uh, Northern Charlotte, that was um, we saw our share of incidents with crime and issues, and I, I just wanted to be a part of helping to um, reform some of that on the the front end, some preventative measures, but also uh, work to um you know with our justice system to 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 see some some fairness go on go along is what i felt at the time um but i again i felt like working here with big brothers and and keeping children out of the juvenile justice system away from the juvenile justice system and and helping them to to see a different way um was probably a better path uh, it, it afforded me um, to be able to support my family um, and 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 work directly with children and families uh, in in a way that I had never never imagined. Again, it was a one year contract kind of deal, so I was really took the job to to buy buy myself a year, uh, but it turned into again twenty years later, you know, a career that's been great. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Now, now you had a little stint uh, at some point at, at the YMCA here in Northwest North Carolina. You want to talk a little bit about that and how that's impacted? I did. Yeah, I did. And so um, I never left Big Brothers in terms of being a big brother or a donor. So that's why I count that 20 years. But I did spend four years. Thank you for pointing that out at the YMCA. I left Big Brothers, Big Brothers over in High Point, actually left the YMCA network. We were part of the Y. They left the YMCA network to form its own 501c3. And at the time, I just finished my master's and um, had some friends over in this area and came here to work as a part of what was called then the Community Outreach Services branch of the YMCA. So it wasn't a traditional YMCA, if you will. We didn't have a building. Mm-hmm. We were in offices. We were housed in, a, in an office uh, at the time. But anyway came here to to do that and, and that that program focused on grant gang prevention uh after school programming uh a literacy program and those were the things that I wanted to do like it took big brothers big sisters in 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 that regard it took it to a kind of a broader scope right mm-hmm. it was more than just you know finding volunteers and and and, and working directly in the in the communities with um, the gangs and with the literacy services and with the after-school programs, um, the summer camps. And so it was a great opportunity. Um, that that happened around 2008, though. And so in 2008, as you recall, that, you know, we had a real downturn in economically for our country. And so we did some downsizing and the uh, CEO at the time said, hey, look, we're going to merge your branch with the Winston Lake branch. And what that meant for me was I was going to now run a YMCA, which was never my intention. You mm-hmm. know, I never even, I never even thought about it, to be honest with you. I was never, because when you think about a YMCA, it's, it's a, it's a building, right? It has a, it has a pool and it has racquetball courts and it has a gym and it has, uh, you know, fitness areas. And so you have to, program those areas you got to buy equipment you have to worry about pool packs and 
temperatures and uh, <laughs> well i mean that was never something i set out to do but i took the i took that on because it was it pushed me beyond my comfort level and we had a great great time at the ymca we were able to which is actually still in place today we had a, a kids cafe over in east winston that we established and that's been i guess that's been 15 years ago or so 13 years ago Mm-hmm. Um, that kids cafe is still in, 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 in full swing. It, it serves kids cafe serves children, hot meals, um, five days a week in an after school program. We did that in partnership, um, with Clyde Fitzgerald over at the, uh, uh, food bank. Um, and so we were able to do some really good work with the YMCA. Um, we grew the, um, the youth sports programs there, um, brought on a few new programs. And it's one of my daughter's. We introduced to soccer. There wasn't a soccer program there at uh, Winston Lake, and and my my children were then uh, intro- we brought soccer in, mm-hmm. um, and so you know that was a that helped shape that helped build me into being able to come back to Big Brothers and I think make you know bigger strides that we've been able to do here in the last uh, ten years. Now you you said. Uh, something there that uh, you, know, you were it was out of your comfort zone a little bit now for those people who are interested like like myself in in being a big one day and and still have a little nervousness about it like you know it's it's if it, it seems a little uncomfortable um, to think about you know being you know showing up and being uh, a mentor to 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 a kid that you know you just met and stuff like that so what what would you say to someone like me who's who who's thinks of it and has a desire to do it but feels a little uncomfortable you know what what would you say to 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 alleviate that well i think the biggest thing um is to uh, to know that to, <laughs> and this may sound but the the little it's just as nervous because they want to big, but they don't really know what this means either. Right. And so one of the things that we do is when we do the match introduction and then the match meeting, you know, we, we, we take you through kind of a icebreaker, right. Or a little, a guided activity, if you will. And then, you know, ongoing, we had, we offer events every month that you can get involved with, with other groups. And a lot of bigs get started that way because it's like, let's do this with other folks. Right. But then quickly it's like, eh, we don't really want to hang with anybody else. We'd rather <laughs> go do our own thing. So I think the biggest thing to that is just to, to, to know that it's uncomfortable for, for the little, but you both want it. So there's a shared uh, desire there to, to make this work. So it's not like you're in it to force this on like we don't have you know we don't do um you know mandatory um matching right we, so if a kid kid doesn't come to us because there's a behavioral issue and they have to participate in big brothers big sisters because of a uh, of an incident right so that's not you won't be coming into a situation like that you're coming into a situation where they're both voluntary voluntarily you know entering into this situation and we both want it to work right Mm -hmm. so there's a shared um uh you know hope there um 
Now you serve Forsyth and Davie counties. Um, Davie being a little more rural than Forsyth, um, is there a big difference between the two? There is. Um, there is a. There is a. There's a big difference. Um, Davie County is mostly, you know, based in those the, the schools there. Um, Forsyth County, for again, we've been Forsyth County for 44 years. Um, Davie County, about the last 10 to 12, or well, no, a little, little longer than that. But in Forsyth County, it's more of the community-based program, what we call the traditional program, right? What you know of Big Brothers, where you would see them out hanging at the mall or a ball game. or um, in, 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 But now our school-based program is, is really ramping up. In Davie County, um, the the makeup of the children are generally younger uh, than they are in Forsyth County. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some stark differences there. I see. Now to how operationally, how, um, you know, I noticed you have like a golf uh, tournament uh, fundraiser and other kinds of things kind of go over the, 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 the ways y'all, you, you uh, generate funding and donations and, and, and other things. And how do you keep your operations going? So thank you for mentioning the, the uh, golf tournament. This is our first annual golf tournament. Um, our biggest fundraiser for the last, you know, 35 years plus probably has been Bowl for Kids Sake. And our Bowl for Kids Sake um, generally raises a third of our budget. You know, at one point, big you know, both for kids sake was raising two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars, which is a one day bowling event that has been a staple in our community again for thirty five plus years. Other, you know, our other fundraisers are, you know, really our annual appeal. We don't have any special other special events. Again, this is our first golf tournament. And the reason we're doing this golf tournament is, is mainly because both for kids sake due to COVID really took a dive. Mm-hmm. Um, Bowl for Kids Sake is an in-person event. It's in a bowling alley. Well, you know, for the last two years, we haven't been able to to be in a in a in a space, you know, at that capacity, um, because that that event would draw in nearly a thousand bowlers a year, mm-hmm. uh, and that that just wasn't a possibility, right? And and it's okay, right? We we have to we have a strong board, strong team that um, has has has. We're we're working on a um, a bare bones kind of team right now, um, but children are to continue to get served, and we're we're working to meet the needs of those that still um, that that want and need a big brother or big sister. So, but yeah, I mean, for our, our annual appeal, individual donors have been great for us. Um, we have we just finished up a capital campaign and. and uh, finished a new mentoring center uh, that we're very, very proud of. That was a $2 million campaign. So that that's wrapping up, you know, this year. Well, next year as we continue to move forward with that. And, you know, generally folks, you know, folks love us. And I think folks respect the work that we, that we bring. And we're grateful for the continued community support. Back to demand. Um, has, demand fluctuated over the years i mean there been ups you know troughs and peaks or is it just continually grown i've i haven't i've never experienced a drop Mm -hmm. i think the more we match 
the more folks want us because the more people hear about us. You know, when you, when you, when you ask about children, you know, I remember a few years back, our wait list was, was close to 200 because, you know, we were and we were serving probably close to 800 kids at that point. And the more people heard about it, well, I want my kid to have a big brother. Well, I think this kid needs a big brother or that little girl needs a little sister. And so we were inundated with um, requests for those services. Now, again, COVID hit. When COVID hit us back in March of, I guess, March of 20, and we shut everything down, we saw a lot of matches closed. A lot of parents really uneasy about any kind of interaction outside of their homes. My kids mm-hmm. going to go to, um, you know, virtual school, and we're going to not, we don't know what this thing is. And, we're, you know, so that's mm-hmm. the only dip I've seen in my tenure. Um We've always had a constant need, and it's always continued to grow. And now we're 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 starting to see an upswing again from you know from twenty. Um, mm-hmm. I think last check, or well, actually this morning, we had a had a board meeting this morning, and our uh, waitlist count is around sixty five. That's the lowest I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not due to folks not wanting the services. Again, we're in the business of pe- putting people together and it's, it's not the best time to put people together. Right. And so yeah. we have to figure that out. Yeah. I guess my question was loaded with whether or not there's an indicator of uh need in the community because of trends of, you know, negative trends or just the great, program that you have and the demand uh to to get people involved so i like to think it's the latter of those two so that's that's good um, yeah, I, yeah i wouldn't think i mean we, we i i haven't seen you know we've had some tragedies here recently in our community i haven't seen an uptick due to those negative things now i will tell you this school year the number of requests we've gotten from schools to to begin this conversation has drastically increased. Now we haven't enrolled those children as of yet, but what what schools is and my wife's a high school principal, and so she's seeing well, her school actually is six twelve. So, but she's seeing a lot of kids have been out a year, and we don't really know what they've been exposed to in this last year, and so there's a lot of need for some wraparound services for children now that we've never even experienced we, i can't imagine what kids are going through right now yeah yeah um so we get some hypothetical questions here if you had a magic wand and and could wave it around and solve one issue one 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 problem in 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 the the communities that you serve what would that be what would you solve <laughs> so 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 today I'm going to solve COVID because I want it to go away. I want to rid our society, our world of COVID, right? And along with the flu, take the flu with them, right? When they, when they come, yeah. but that would be it. But I think, you know, beyond COVID or, or if this was pre COVID, it, it, it would be, I, I honestly think, you know, and I'm not saying this because I work at big brothers, and big sisters, but if we could have, positive mentors in the lives of our children it 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 reshapes 
our entire community. It, re, it reshapes society because so much of I, I truly believe this, Andrew. I, I, I truly believe this. If folks if, if I'm a kid, I'm a, I'm a product of this. If children could see positive ways in which they could live their lives that don't include the mess, nine times out of ten, and I may say 9.9 times out of 10, they will choose the right path. They will choose that Mm -hmm. path that doesn't involve the mess. But I'll tell you, folks who aren't from or don't experience that type of upbringing, it's hard to understand when I say it's so easy to choose that bad path. It's Mm -hmm. so easy to go down the path with the mess because it's right here in front of me. I can touch it. I can see it. I'm going to choose that. It's unfortunate, but I would change that. I would put a positive mentor in the life, in the life of, of, of our kids. Yeah. And, and I guess I was trying to tease it out a little bit, but you know, how much of that is, uh, a, uh, a, a factor of, of two parents. Uh, families. I mean, it, it seems to be like the statistics and all the studies yeah. how important that stability is of having, you know, a nuclear family with two parents, um, you know, mother and the father in, in the lives, or at least, you know, at least shared responsibility in that, in that regard. Um, so the mess you're talking about, maybe that's minimized by that fact alone. Um, I don't know what, what you see out there. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I will, de- I will tend to just, I mean, I will tend to agree that that would be true that, mm-hmm. you know, with, with two parents in the home. Um, but again, that's where, I say a positive person. So whether they're two parents or not, still having someone that's whether it's an uncle or mm-hmm. whoever that that still has a positive outlook to show a child is still important. So yeah, mm-hmm. but I I don't I mean I I would not disagree with that assessment. Here's here's another question that just popped in my head. Um, since you've been doing this, um, have you noticed? Um, differences in the attitudes or behaviors of kids um, since the onset of smartphones and social media? Yeah. So there's, 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 there's far less, um, you know, face to face in person communication. And again, this is pre COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. I I have teenage daughters, they love their phones and they love their um, devices Here's what I will say to that. As a as, as folks who don't come from that generation, I want to embrace that that's where kids are and 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 work to meet them there. So instead of you need to call me or you need to come see me or you need to, you know, whatever I think you need to do have a balance in saying, I'm going to learn to text more. I'm going to learn to FaceTime more. That's definitely changed the behaviors of kids of wanting to get out and having that pure human reaction that we, and I say we, you and I, 
more than likely have had during our, you know, upbringing. Um, that's changed just their, how they see the world. And I think because of that, their world is bigger, right? Their world is not you and I, and I, and I, I'm saying that because of, you know, you, we had a lunch just recently and talked about some of our upbringing, but you and I had friends down the street and those were our friends. Mm-hmm. Our friends grew up with us. Our kids have friends who are in California and New York and Florida, Miami, you know, wherever, because they can be connected with them. We didn't have those connections. Yeah. Right. It changes, it changes their, their scope. You know, I didn't grow up thinking, um, I'd go to college in Seattle that never crossed my mind, mm-hmm. but my daughter and her college quest last, you know, in the last two years thinking about, I mean, we were all over the place. Her, mm-hmm. It was limitless for, for her. So I think smartphones and devices have changed in, in some positive ways. Yeah. No, I, I guess I was thinking too about like how important the mentorship is in that regard, where you have face-to-face interaction you have conversation that doesn't involve technology and you have interaction. I'm thinking also that home Depot experience where you're going around, you're, 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 you know, asking a, a, a customer service rep or a, you know, one of the people on the floor, where's this, where's that? So it's showing them that, you know, there is a way to interact and to be in the world that um, smartphones is not going to replace or, or, or there's a skill to be learned there that, that smartphones aren't going to teach you. And, and right. I, you know, I just see some unhealthy behaviors. And, and oh, I, read, yeah, I agree. I read somewhere that, you know, that, that, well, it's, it's not news that, you know, the pace of change of technology is outpacing our our uh, uh, ability to adapt and to figure out, you know, what are the implications of all that. So I think just having that, those moments where if shared time and space between a, a big and a little is, is probably even more important these days than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, agreed. I definitely agree there. Um, definitely agree there. And we we've seen, you know, with again, I don't want to be, you know belabor the point with COVID, but we've seen with COVID our bigs adjust and having instead of not seeing our kids, we're meeting virtually, mm-hmm. right? And so Microsoft Teams, Zoom, FaceTime, those things have come into play where before they didn't, but we've seen a lot more of that. Yeah. And I, I guess that's here to stay for some degree, but I, I do oh, yeah. think I think you know it's so important, um, you know, to to sit across the table from someone and 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 be able to pick up on all the cues of of communi- nonverbal communication that that you don't don't get. So I get off my soapbox right. there. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's a question. You know, we talked about this at lunch a little bit, but uh, so I'm going to phrase it to you the way you know the way the way we uh, the way I explained it is. What does Shawan like to do? What does Shawan like to do? I, I love my, I love spending time with my family. Uh, um, I, I enjoy, you know, I was up in D.C. this past weekend uh, with my daughter um, and her soccer. She has soccer games, a couple soccer games this weekend. And, you know, I thought I, I couldn't think of anywhere better to be um, than, than there cheering her on. Um, 
I've I've spent, you know, I have an 18 year old and a 15 year old. And I'll be honest, like the last, you know, since they were born, that has been the highlight of what I like to do. I like um, being a part of their lives and I, I love uh, serving others. And that and that's why I think this calling to be a part of Big Brothers Big Sisters has been so special for me because it's afforded me, <laughs> you know, selfishly to say, hey, look, you know, over there, over my career, I mean, we're talking, you know, thousands and thousands of children that I will gladly say and proudly say that I've had a hand in at least, you know, providing some sort of positive impact um, on their lives. And other than that, I love riding my slingshot and I love playing golf. But <laughs> those are that, that, that's who I am. Is, is that having any influence on the golf tournament coming up? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Honestly, I, I don't I don't know if I should say this publicly because it's going to be great. Right? <laughs> <laughs> golf tournaments are the golf tournaments are tough. I mean, they're tough. So I don't know that I would have been, you know, all gung ho on golf tournaments. But I, but golf tournaments are fun. But behind the scenes, the work, you know, and I, I'll give a, a special shout out to uh, our VP of uh, development, um, Regina Craven. She's been working hard. Her and uh, her team there and with Joni uh, DeLellis, they've been doing a great job um, putting this together. So, but yeah. Great. Well, uh, let's spend a little bit of time, self shameless self-promotion. How do people find out more about um, uh, getting involved with uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters? Please visit our website. It's, it's, it's bbbsnc.org. Um, we have all of our forms there, interest forms, our applications, even you can apply to be a big, apply to be a little, uh, or volunteer in other regards. There, uh, again, it's uh, www.bbbsnc.org. Follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, all BBBS um, NC. Um, so follow us there for more information. Call me. You know, I don't mind. Call me 336-253-5152. Give me a call. Let's talk. Let's meet um, for coffee or or lunch and 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 see how we can connect with with you to provide services um, to needed areas of our community. We're we're open. I guess that's the sign we should wrap this up. I really appreciate your time today and and uh, look forward to uh, uh, getting more involved. It's something I want to do again. I have teenagers. I'm trying to get, you know, trying to be a mentor best I can in that regard. So I'm in training for, for big brother. How's that? There we go. <laughs> hey, and, and as I told you at lunch, I, you know, I think you considering this and continuing to ask those questions will, will bode well when you're ready to make that jump and, and come and be a part of, of the agency. <laughs> I think we wrapped that up successfully. Yeah, I was about to say, I still haven't heard you. Yeah, I was dropping there again. But I, I was saying I, I appreciate your time and um, today and, and uh, willingness to, to sit down with me. And I look forward to uh, lunch again sometime in this not-too-distant future. Hey, I appreciate that. Thanks again, Andrew. Yeah, man. I'll talk to you soon.
All right, buddy. Mm-hmm.